You're listening to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions, and I'm your host, Michelle Dawes-Burke. Fasten your seatbelts as it's sure to be an informative discussion and conversation. Keep in mind that we are not perfect, but we're empowered. Enjoy. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I am your host, Michelle Dawes-Burke, and as always, I'm super excited to be here. It's been a minute. I think that people might have missed me a little bit. I had some personal things that I had to take care of, but I am back. I am back. And you know what I brought back with me? The school year here in Atlanta. (laughs) Kids are going to school. Some started already last week or the week before. A lot of kids are starting tomorrow. We, some of us are super excited. The parents are happy because the kids get to go back. But you know, today is all about my topic today is about teaching in today's world. I'm going to introduce my, my panel here in a, in a second, but it's so, it's so critical and it's so important that we empower our scholars from the very first day of school. There are parents that are committed to supporting teachers. They're on PTAs. They believe in what the, the teachers are committing and doing. Oftentimes, we like to point fingers and teach not doing this, teach not. It's a huge responsibility. And today's conversation, I think, is important because we have not talked to teachers in a minute, and we definitely hadn't had a chance to talk to them prior to this pandemic. So for two years, we two years, we've had educators are teaching our kids virtually. Some of them had been in a hybrid situation later in the second year, but nonetheless, it was a strenuous um, experience for our teachers as well as our scholars. And so we're going to talk to our teachers in just a second. Let me give a, back, a little background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about for our new listeners. It's all about creatively collaborating and connecting to raise awareness regarding the issues that impact women. And we do it through by way of community service, public speaking. We do it through mentoring. We do it through the arts and the, this, this platform, in particular media. We've been doing it now for six years or in the book. We Books. Wow. We're in our seventh season. Yes. So we're super excited. We've had the opportunity to talk to people like yourself today that help influence us, inspire us, and inform us. Because most of the time, we never get an opportunity to understand what you're thinking, what your experiences have taught you, etc. So again, it's all about community relationships. We want to build these bridges together, right? So again, today's topic is all about teaching in today's world. I have two beautiful educators that are on Zoom, as well as two educators in the building with me today. Hi. <laughs> How you doing, everybody? Good. Everybody's good. I'm going to start, ladies first. Valeria, please tell the people your name, your title, and how long you've been in the education system. Um, well, my name is Valeria Vincent. That's right. And I have been in education for 26 plus years. Um, and that includes early childhood mm-hmm. all the way up through um, a little bit of college. Okay. I tutored some college students. Wow. So. Um, actually, I have, I'm an adjunct, part-time adjunct yeah. with um, Gwinnett Tech as well. Nice. So, um, I forgot the uh, That's the okay. Question. 26 years. No, 26 no. years. And okay. what I do, yeah, I'm an educator okay. all around. All right. All fair around. enough. Yes. Kevin, how yes. about you? Hi, my name is Kevin Latham. Uh-huh. I've been teaching, I think, 94 was when I started in education. Okay. I've taught elementary, middle, and high school. Nice. I served as a head football coach at a number of middle schools and at Columbia High School. Mm-hmm. And uh, math has always been my primary yes. subject. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Kind of specialty, specialty, kids along that area from sixth grade to about tenth, tenth mm-hmm. grade mm-hmm. has kind of been my specialty. Okay, awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you. Sure. And good morning or good afternoon. And tell us a little bit about yourself, first and last name, title, and how long you've been educating. Hello, I'm Ann Smith. Uh, I've been educating uh, as long as Valeria. I knew her my first year of wow. uh, 96. That was my second career. I used to be a social worker. Okay. Um, coming into school um, and working in special ed is practically half social worker, half teacher. So it, it, it went well together. Awesome. And that's what I've been doing for quite some time, special ed teacher. I'm in high school now, and I'm virtual. Nice. Nice. Lakeisha. Yes. Good day. How are you, beautiful? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Lakeisha Anderson, and I am an administrator. I am an elementary assistant principal, Mm. and I have been in education for 21 years. Nice. So I have taught everything from pre-K to fifth grade, 
and I have worked in many different facets, uh, academic coaches, instructional lead teachers. So I am definitely a teacher at heart, and I lead with the teachers at heart as well. Awesome. There is So basically for our listeners, there's nobody here that's a rookie. No. We have no. seasoned, seasoned <laughs> professionals here that have been committed to the education system. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to start with you, Lakeisha. Why why be a teacher? Why, what led you into teaching? Why did you want to do that profession? Actually, I started in corporate America. Okay. I was a finance um, guru in corporate America. And working with my customers and my clients, I found that many of them lack the basic skills, writing their names, Mm -hmm. completing a withdrawal slip, and that troubled me so much. And I thought, you know what, it must have dropped the ball somewhere. Mm -hmm. I thought the foundation had to be cracked, and some of these individuals, adults, have fallen through those cracks. And so I believe that that may have been at the elementary level. Mm. And so that's what inspired me to be a, a teacher. I was driving to work one day, going down to Peachtree Street, corporate time, and they were rallying for people who had degrees to come into the teaching field. Wow. So I took a leap of faith, became a, what I like to call a corporate dropout, and then <laughs> um, actually starting as a paraprofessional. Really? Okay? Mm. I thought if I started, the, you know, the mayor. I'm an assistant. Yes. I really love this thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to work. God's going to bless it. Yes. So it became a ministry. And again, 21 years later, I haven't looked back. I've been at the same school for 20 years. Are you serious? Oh, wow. That's I, awesome. Awesome. In the community. Mm. And now I'm, I'm now leading and supervising the children of my former students. So that's a blessing. That's yeah. awesome. So it come full circle. That's awesome. What city and, 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 and county do you? Uh, I'm in Clayton County. You, you're in Clayton. Awesome. That's awesome. We they need you down there. That's that's awesome. And how about yourself? What led you to teach? Why become a teacher? Why did you want to become a teacher? You know, I've always been one to um, want more for children. I started in college, pre-K and that kind of thing. Uh, but as a social worker, those cases never end mm. continuously. They go on and on and on. Teaching. At least there was some closure at the, at the end of the school year. Right. That attracted me. So I switched fields, but I didn't know how to go about teaching and how to get in. But at the time, my particular district needed math and special ed. Mm-hmm. And they were paper school and send us. I said, okay, I'll take special ed. Awesome. And that is how I got involved. And I so much love it. I've done uh, everything from self-contained to now virtual. So I'm having a classroom having kids from fifth through eighth grade in one room uh, in the middle school setting. But now I'm in high school and I'm in a virtual setting and it is amazing. I probably would have been retired by now had it not been for this virtual Wow. Wow. You're still smiling. I want people to, people that can't see us, I want y'all to know my, these professional teachers are still smiling after 20 some odd years. You guys love what you do. So what county do you uh, teach in, Ann? I teach the state of Georgia. Okay. My school is covers everywhere in Georgia. Wow. Awesome. Fantastic. Valerie, how about you? Why did you get into the teaching game? Why did you decide to be a teacher? So, originally, okay. I was going to be a veterinarian. Oh, wow. And so, um, my senior year in high school, I was looking for money mm-hmm. um, to go to school. And my mom or my dad, I can't remember who found it, but there was a fellowship in the state of Tennessee for, they were looking for teachers. And basically, they said that if you went into teaching, um, that they would, they would give you $5,000 a year for college if you went into teaching and you t- taught four years, you would basically pay it back and not have to, I wouldn't have to pay it back. I'd pay it back in service. So mm. I said, okay, I'll go ahead and get my degree in biology. Okay. I'll teach for four years, pay okay. that money back, and then go to vet school. Okay. Well, biology ended up switching over to elementary <laughs> education. <laughs> and um, I ended up volunteering. I went to Tennessee State University. Mm-hmm. And so um, I ended up volunteering um, um, at the Early Childhood Center on campus. Mm-hmm. And that was all she wrote. I, ne- I, I needed to be kids. Wow. And so from there, I, um, was, I worked at a neighborhood daycare and became a nanny. And so... Kids are just in my Yeah, they're system. just important to you. Yes. And you've done after-school things and programs. Yes. You're just so, you're a gamut. 
Fulton County is your home? Where, well, where, where do you? At the moment, I am a family support coach with Sheltering Arms, mm-hmm. um, which has 13 centers in Metro Atlanta. But my, I'm in the South Fulton, one of the South, one of three mm-hmm. South Fulton centers, um, Union City, College Park mm-hmm. area. And mm-hmm. so we, we cater to um, families that are in Fulton County mm-hmm. and South Fulton. However, we do have families that end up in Clayton County. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yes, I work with a lot of different families. You do. Mm-hmm. You do. All right. Thank you for that. Yeah. Kevin, how about you, sir? What led you to teaching? You know, I was uh, living and working in New York City as I was a communications major at University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Nice. And uh, it was good to be working in my field, but, you know, just dealing in in, in a corporate setting and, mm-hmm. of course, in a very cutthroat field of, of, uh, of publishing. Mm. Um, I had a close fraternity brother that was teaching at Boys and Girls High School, and he was really, really pressing me to consider it. New York had a program where they were helping people to get certified in education, and I was really seriously considering it. I ended up getting married and moving back to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I just kind of held on to that thought and okay. started uh, working as provision, uh, working actually at the county office in DeKalb County while I was mm-hmm. working on my certification, and then started teaching from there. I I just, I just took to it immediately, mm. and it felt good because I was teaching and working back in the neighborhood in which I grew up. Nice. And that, that, that felt good. Nice. That really did feel good. And then coaching came shortly after that, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of took on a life of its own. Why math? Why math? I you know, know you're passionate about math. Why? It's interesting. It, it didn't It didn't start out that way. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know, you know, back then when you were getting certified, they would, get, they would take your undergraduate transcripts and see what area – did, would uh, it be easiest for you to be certified in? I was sure it was going to be language arts because right. I was a journalism major, but it right. was not. I had so much math. Mm. They said, we really need math teachers, and, it would, and, mm-hmm. and they really kind of pushed me to be certified in math. So I ended up getting certified in math and then learning, kind of learning how to do it because I wasn't an education major. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I cared a lot about it. I cared a lot about what I was doing, and um, with some help, with, with some great mentors, I uh, I got pretty good at it. You are good at yeah. it. You are good. We're going to talk more about that. I want to jump in with Lakeisha. Lakeisha, we had this pandemic for the past two years, right? Very earth-changing, shattering. Like, you know, people put time limits on it, Lakeisha. They said, oh, we're just going to be home for two weeks. Then it was a month. Then it was two months. And then it was like we felt we was never going to get back out. Like, we had no idea. And now we have these children that still need to get educated. And I just want to ask you, uh, starting with you, how was that? I know there was probably a sense of, I don't know if panic is a good word, but definitely concern or how are we going to teach these children? So how was it for you in your school? How did you how did you guys approach it? How was it for you? Well, first of all, I must say I have the best leadership. Mm -hmm. In I feel in the state of Georgia, he was very proactive in preparing his leadership team nice. um, for what we like to call the pivot. Okay, March right. 13 is a date that will be forever etched in our memory when we thought we were just going home for a few days. Yes, and it almost two and a half years. Yeah, and so we diligently rallied. We already had a plan in place. Um, prior to the week that we came out that Friday, our teachers had created. Um, virtual lessons. Mm -hmm. They had already prepared the students on how to access their online classrooms. So so this is something that we have been preparing for um, once we got the news. So our pivot was not as traumatic as many had experienced. So I will attribute the first thing to our leadership as a district. Mm -hmm. The second thing was we realized at that point that we were now educating our our students through our parents. Our students are digital Natives, They know how to manipulate technology and Mm -hmm. use it very efficiently. However, many of our parents and grandparents and family members that were now going to be tasked with housing those students during the day while their parents work were more like the digital immigrants, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't necessarily know Mm -hmm. how to do that. So we found ourselves communicating a lot really understanding that I was running a school and helping run a school from my kitchen table was one of those things like, okay. Mm -hmm. But I was more readily available than I was when I was actually in the building. It seemed like we were 24 hours a day, seven days a week for our parents and Mm -hmm. our students Mm -hmm. as far as support was concerned. We had our teachers create office hours so that they could walk uh, parents through the steps of helping their students log on and be able to complete assignments. Our community 
liaisons, our community engagement specialists, our parent liaisons, every member of our staff was accountable to the work to make sure that our students were receiving everything that was possible. That we have to make concessions, yes. Our bus drivers rallied, we provided lunches and breakfast to every student in the district so that we were trying to keep their life mm. as normal as possible. Thank you. Our teachers, again, had to pivot and, and kind of revamp how they were distributing or delivering instruction, which they did a phenomenal job with. They could come by the school and pick up supplies. We were just rallying around the fact that our children still needed to learn yes. and that they still needed a sense of normalcy, mm -hmm. even in the panic panic yes. of our nation. Yeah. And so, I mean, I must say that our district was, again, very proactive, very not very reactive. We were ready. Okay. And so the pivot worked well for us. Because we were virtual, do we? Do you feel or did you have a sense of us losing our students virtually, their attention, their ability to learn? Did you feel a difference in your, in your school? I, we felt the difference. Mm -hmm. We realized that it was a large undertaking, especially for our, our younger learners. Yes. For many of them, their first two years of acclimation to school was spent at home mm -hmm. on the couch mm -hmm. or tucked in right. the bed, right? right? So that was a concern for us. There were a lot of missed learning opportunities. Mm -hmm. But what we realized is that we did as much as we could for as long as we could, and that we knew that when we came back into the building face-to-face, -face, that the real work would begin there. Right. And so that's pretty much how we were preparing ourselves. So we gave them everything we could, and we realized that there were times where we had to push, and then there were times we had to release. Mm -hmm. too, too much screen time is too much screen too time. time. yeah. And so to expect the students to be online from a, on a, during a normal school day mm -hmm. was too much. Yes. And so we began to implement like 15, 20-minute breaks in between. Mm -hmm. We did a collective lunch period so that every student in our building mm -hmm. went to lunch at the, the same, same time. time so that families could break and yeah, have yeah, together. Right. So again, it took some forward thinking mm -hmm. to think beyond just the functionality of the school right. going along our normal schedule, to think about ourselves and also to consider our teachers who also had children right. in school. Right, right, right. They too needed a break to right. for their children. So thinking beyond just the scope of the functionality of a building, but more so thinking from the heart of the people that yeah. we serve. Thank you. Thank you for that because, Lakeisha, because that's very important because we were parents at home working, right? And and unfortunately, with corporate, uh, you guys that worked at corporate know it doesn't stop, right? So the meetings are still expected to happen. They don't care, blah, blah, blah. And so for us at home, productivity went up for us at home because the expectation for parents, well, you're at home. You don't have to drop kids off. We're going to have meetings that starting at 7, 7, 7.30 in the morning, wow. and we're going until wow. 6 o'clock at night. It was, a long, it was long days. And so the stats showed that productivity went through the roof for corporate America. They got more out of their people from working at home. There was no commuting, no sitting in traffic. People were literally getting out of the bed, working in their pajamas, literally, yeah. right, during that time. So thank you for incorporating that balance because it did help to understand that we could have lunch with our kids or there would be breaks in the day that we could touch base and touch point. But it was hard because corporate is designed to absorb your whole being. It's not designed for you to really have a work-life balance. And so you needed teachers like yourself, educators like yourself, to help us hold our students accountable. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to use my kid as an example. He told me for two years he was doing the work. He wasn't doing the work. <laughs> he wasn't doing the work. And so all of this, oh, he wanted to reduce their screen time. He had no problem playing games during the screen time. Yeah. So it, they pick and choose yeah. the things that they want to be engaged with. So I ask you, Anne, because you're a virtual teacher, what do you do to keep the kids engaged all the time virtually? What are some of your tools in your toolkit? Oh my gosh, we, we have so much fun. Is that what it is, fun? <laughs> I promise you, I have. I, I didn't think of it before we started, but if I can find the commercial that we made to get the kids to come to our biology class, it's awesome. These children, my, my team is off the chain. Yeah. Now, we, we don't see each other, but once I see the science team once a month, I see the special ed team once a month. Okay. And so 
this is the best team I've ever worked with because we all get along so well. We don't see each other for twice a month. Wow. So we don't have that in the building drama, tension, climate, whatever it can be there. Gotcha. And so we're just also happy to see Duty. And we brainstorm and come up with the craziest things. Mm. Um, my biology team, one, I, I do the review of and vocabulary of the last week, last session. Then we have one lady that teaches content, and she is hilarious. at little puppets and all kinds oh, of wow. things. Oh, wow. We're talking high school now, right? Wow. And then the third tech teacher does application. So she'll work out and do experiments right there in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And we have, well, I was just looking at, we have three little shout-outs from our last meeting because we beat the state in our biology school. We have the best scores that we've ever had in the awesome. this past year with pandemic even. When they awesome. went back, was this the first year they went back in person? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. They went to Texas and they did incredible. Yeah. And some of my special ed numbers went from beginning learners to developing to beginning, whichever way it went. Anyway, we got some that went up from proficient to distinguished. Nice. And we were just so, so very excited. Our numbers were fantastic. You guys so, are good. You guys are good. I guess if I can find. I'm sorry? I said, you guys are good. You, your team is good. You and your team are good. They are pretty awesome. Yeah. I, actually, during the pandemic, I didn't have anything to do that first year, so I studied by the pool. Um, also, okay. Okay. biology certification. So I got certified in biology. But not many specialist people get the certification in the Congratulations. Because, you know, we're the, we're the creative side. But yeah. Now I'm learning how to love biology because it's like, these two ladies, they love this stuff. So much fun. What is it? Mm -hmm. I would have got certified, and it is fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, Ann. For you, Kevin, yeah. the challenges of trying to teach. Did you? Were you still teaching students no. virtually? No, it's interesting to hear these great teachers talk about okay. their experience. You know, okay. I was teaching. I was already retired from teaching full time, okay. so I was working as a math tutor mm -hmm. uh, in DeKalb County mm -hmm. at the time. And all of the all of us part time teachers, we were all kind of laid off at the beginning oh, okay. of the pandemic, mm -hmm. and we didn't return until the the students returned okay. to the classroom. Yeah. Okay. Do you do you feel that the students missed you? That there was a gap while you weren't in the tutoring space? How, how were the well, students definitely last year? Not, not just me, but you know, most of the they they hired really high quality tutors. These are all for the most part retired teachers mm -hmm. that came back mm -hmm. that wanted to be involved with yes. kids. So yeah, it it was it was a big loss. It was a big loss, and we thought at first that we'd be able to stay on and also teach and work with kids in a virtual setting, but they didn't allow us to they do that. You know, what, what, one thing I I will say though that I'm seeing and, and hearing these teachers talk and the teachers that I knew in DeKalb County, there was a real sense of accountability mm. uh, on on the part of the teachers. Not a lot of complaining. Mm -hmm. You know, the circumstances are what the circumstances were. Mm -hmm. They just got to work setting up. Virtual classrooms. I, I saw some amazing work. My brother being a teacher, one of those teachers as well, just working really hard despite the circumstances mm -hmm. to get as much as they could, you know, up from the kids and uh, to try to keep them engaged. Because, like you said, it's a case by case basis. Yes, you know, yes, there were some yes. some kids. It was very, very difficult. Very difficult. Very, they could be very manipulative. Mm -hmm. They know how to use the system. They know yeah, how to absolutely. They know how to yeah. turn off the computer. Yeah. Yeah, but um, showing but, his face half right, screen, exactly, exactly. <laughs> doing all that stuff. Yeah, but um, but uh, no, it's it, but o overall, I think that um, you know across the board in the state, I I'm seeing, I, I saw some amazing things. Awesome. being done from the teachers. For sure. Fantastic. How about for you, Valerie? Huh? What, so, what was going on? So at the time of the lockdown, I was actually teaching middle school and high school in the local private school. Wow, yeah. And so um, it was funny because probably less than 30 days prior to the lockdown, my the headmaster told me the headmaster told me that I was using too much technology in the class. Really? Look at God. <laughs> wow. So that week, um, that week before the lockdown, he came to me, well, he called me that Thursday night and he said, tomorrow I'm going to need you to get the teachers together <laughs> and show them how to right. use that Google Classroom. Right, right. So I did what I needed to do, showed it to them, and I was their, their point person during the, the lockdown. And uh, we made it through. We mm -hmm. made it through. And um, I think that overall, every even though I know Ann's situation, I've worked with Ann, the school where Ann works, I've worked with, I've had children that I've worked with that go to, go to her school. Awesome. And so that made it, I, I got really comfortable with the whole, using the computer right. and the platform. Right. But, um, 
what I have seen and what I have witnessed, and I think the good that came out of this is that it pushed some people to to come on over to be a little bit more relaxed and comfortable using technology mm-hmm. with the children, and you know, and letting the children show them mm-hmm. how to mm-hmm. use the technology mm-hmm. and you know, give them that freedom. So, mm-hmm. to Lakeisha's point, they the kids do pick up very quickly. Yes, um, you know, my sons taught me a few things here and there because all I knew was uh, WebEx in uh, Skype, a little Skype, mm-hmm. Zoom, but then this whole Microsoft Teams just whoo, just like took mm-hmm. off and so everything was in the Teams and everything was a chat and this and then Google Classrooms mm-hmm. and then, you know, you got to go online on the apps to check the grades and the announcements yes. and the things was missing. Everything's just virtual and it's different and I'm trying to tell my son now, when I was his age, it was a Writing on the board, you had to write down your stuff. You might have got a hand, a sheet of what the agenda coursework was going to be. But this is the new age. Everything is going to be through a portal. Everything is that. Everything, you need a laptop, you need a smartphone, you need this, you need that. It's a different time. And so, yes, thank you, educators, for helping us who don't know. Because um, all some of us do on our phones is play Scrabble, or is it, is it, is it or um, solitaire, or whatever Candy Crush, and so they don't know how to, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't know how to maneuver through the things. But here's a general question for anyone to answer: There are always long lines to play the lottery. You see the Mega Ball, the Power Balls, three hundred million. Sometimes people are like, "I don't play the lottery, but I got two dollars. I'm gonna play. I might win. I might hit. Right? Go to the gas station. The lines as long as that." The lottery, when it came to Georgia, was always designed to help to go back into the school systems. Are we seeing that money, educators, what say you? Is that money actually hitting our schools? Anybody? I know that um, the program where I work, where I work with Sheltering Arms, we have a we have two classrooms of Georgia pre-K. Uh-huh. And so I do know and understand that uh, there's a... The money, there is money that is earmarked from the lottery for okay. Georgia Pre-K. That's good. So I do know that. And then, so I look, when I hit, talk about, when I try to find the connection between right. the lottery yes. and education, yes. I say, I, I see it at the beginning. At Pre-K? At Pre-K, yeah. and I see it at the end, at graduation, at graduation. the scholarship. Okay. So... I'm, I don't know if anyone else can speak to the middle, the middle, the middle grades. I'm do not we, sure. Ladies, do you see any of that money? No, I... I agree. Uh-huh. The beginning and the end. Yes. It is, it's more publicized. I have two pre-K uh, classrooms in my building as well. Okay. So I think that that component is very essential. Even if we have a pre-K program, at least one in every elementary building, simply because we are front-loading our scholars for school. Mm-hmm. And so this way, when I look at it, 44 students leave pre-K primed and ready for kindergarten. Right. That's 44 kids that we guarantee can identify 26 letters in an alphabet. They can identify numbers from 1 to 100. And that's something that we didn't have before those pre-K lottery funded programs. So it is essential. And then also our when our kids graduate, it's important that they know that there's an opportunity that is there for them to have that post-secondary education. And if they've done all that they were needed to do, during that high school year that they're rewarded at the end for those scholarships mm-hmm. that are available to them based on the lottery funding. So I do too see it at the beginning, the very beginning, laying that foundation and then it's the springboard at the end to the next level of academic standing. But what about the middle? Don't our babies need it in the middle? Don't our children need it in the middle? Like computers and things of that nature? What what, what say you, Ken? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, it's, I know that the overwhelming majority of that money um, is is earmarked for pre-K programs and scholarship, not only Hope, but other programs yes, as well. So yes. it does seem like there's a huge gap. There's, I worked in my capacity as a as a tutor. Those are I'm at a Title One school, and those are but those are federal funds. So mm-hmm, I know that there's right. some federal money available mm-hmm. uh, for for middle grades as well. But it does. But just being honest, that that the um, the money that's from the lottery is primarily, I think it's 1.5 billion or so mm. that's actually put back in the program, and the overwhelming majority of that is for college scholarships mm. and for pre-K programs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Lakeisha, what would you like to see your school have? What do you think school systems are lacking today? Is there anything that you have on, on top of mind? 
Resources or even educators, anything across the gamut. It could be resources, it could be uh, laptops, it could be uh, now that everything's approximate, right? You guys don't even use blackboards anymore. Some of it is it's a whole different thing, right? Is it that type of thing? Is it teachers? Are you are you feeling that you need more qualified teachers or teachers that have the passion? Is there anything like that that you feel? Right now, we make we need some bus drive. So okay. Everybody knows. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Um, and who are part are an extension. Like our bus drivers are an extension of our Yes. Schools. Yes. And so it's very important that we embrace them and understand that they play a very important role in the totality of school. They right. transport our kids to and from school right. um, every day safely, right? right. So that's important. As far as technology, I have a technology rich uh, district where we are one-to-one and many of the districts in the metro Atlanta area have also become to be one-to-one with technology meaning that every student has a laptop that is assigned to them and so the resources are coming in I think that we really need teachers that are truly just passionate about teaching again who really are there because they want to see the next generation thrive and so of course is a teacher shortage all over our districts and all over our state at this point in time so those that have a skill set that really feel a passion mm-hmm. for teaching and learning we you know we implore them to come out and be a part of our learning communities i think more so than anything I would like to see the community really understand mm. its role okay. in schools. Okay, right. right. Um, most recently in our leadership retreat, we had a community, uh, a business owner, come in and speak with our teachers and to share what they experience when our scholars leave our learning uh-huh. uh, facilities. What are our seniors lacking? Do they know how to complete an application? Do they know what a real what a signature is? Right. You know, do they know how to sign their name? And so there's some soft skills that I think that we could benefit from uh, teaching our students. But I think it's important that our community, our business owners, um, that employ our students come back and share that information with us so that we can properly prepare our students to be those global, mm-hmm. right? competitive scholars that they need to be in order to move on to the next level. And it's not just about uh, the academic piece. We need a skill set. Mm-hmm. We need those trades back yeah, in place. We do. I mean, I know I need my mechanic and my plumber, yeah. and I need my electrician when things go wrong. And sometimes that didn't require you to go to college, but it required you to have a skill set. Yes. Right. So yes. I think you need to go back and focus on those students who don't really necessarily have that high academic standing, but they have that intellectual understanding of how things work. And so they become the best at those trades. And so pushing those trades and finding opportunities to collaborate with community members to give our students that hands-on experience while they're in the learning process, that OJT yes. that we used to have back in the day, I think would be essential to the success of more of our students navigating through our school system. Awesome, awesome. Joe, I saw that question, but I couldn't see it. So if you can put the question in the chat, I will address it once I go through this particular question right now. And do you have any needs? I know you're virtual, but do you find that maybe some of the students don't have laptops or internet or are there any challenges in the virtual world for you from a resource perspective? Okay. All right. Complete and total access to the internet free. Yeah, everybody. I agree. I agree. Said a nickel and diamond, especially especially in a in a in a uh, scholastic or education space, without question. If nothing else, can you give it to us free from eight to six? That's primarily when kids are going to school in the morning, and then they should finish their homework by six o'clock. You know, then okay after that, then charge me a little something, something. But from eight to six, let us have the internet so the kids and let it be some strong broadband too, like not something the stuff. <laughs> buffering all day they're getting kicked out of the classroom mm-hmm. they can't keep up so that should be is that something we should try to fight for or it's just no it's just us against these these telco companies what's happening we can't get it the, the rural communities are worse ah uh, yeah so far yeah and a lot of our kids that do sign up for this program aren't in big cities uh, and that's where it becomes a little bit difficult when they lose them lose that internet 
something as basic as in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We would think it would be a little stronger situation here, but that's what we're doing. You're absolutely right, because you can go um, just to like McDonough. And some parts of McDonough, and the, it seems kind of rural. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's no bars on your phone. I don't care if you have Verizon or AT&T. There's no signal in some of these places, and people are living out there. And you're like, this is part, not far from Atlanta, you're thinking. But you're right. There's Atlanta, and then there's Georgia. And I know you're dealing with Georgia. You're not just dealing with us here in the city life. So you have those challenges and those opportunities. Kevin, I'm going to ask you, what resources do you think or you feel is lacking in, in your space of teaching? Do you think there's anything missing? Well, it's interesting because now in DeKalb County as well, every every child should have a laptop. Right, right. right. Um, and, of course, that's, that was such a huge step from where we were previously. Mm -hmm. You know, we we're definitely uh, receiving that. There's always more things we can do. There's always more. You know, we have 3D modeling in our school for our, for our science students. Those things are, are fantastic. But what we need more than anything is just passionate teachers, teachers that, always tell new teachers that are thinking about getting the profession, you have to love kids. You have to love yeah. students. You know, having having students that are willing to, I mean, having teachers that are willing to um, learn uh, how to best use the technologies, having having teachers that are that really see how it can help them hold the students accountable, how it can help them uh, do, do quick benchmarks so they can see where their students are because we all de deal with differentiated classrooms where there's students of all different, abil different abilities. These are all things that we have available to us. Not that there's not more things that we need in terms of technology. Certainly that Wi-Fi is a ma major issue, not only in rural areas, but sometimes in the cities as well. Um, just, just figuring out a way to take the best advantage of what we have and, and use it fully, I think it puts it will put us in a much stronger position. So there's definitely a need, but I, I don't think we're getting a, a, all that we can out of what we have. Okay, sure. okay, fair enough. Val, how about you? Um, I'm going to piggyback off of something that Lakeisha said um, mm -hmm. with the community support and community engagement, yes. but also um, we need our families to stay engaged as well, um, especially yes. with us going back to back in, in person. Mm -hmm. um, the families need to remain engaged with the schools. They need to remain engaged with their children. They need to just remain engaged and, and, and don't think that their children have it. Okay. Don't don't assume that your children have it. Always do a check in with your child, but also do a check in with the teacher. Sure. Do a check in with with the school in general, just to make sure that you're doing what you need to be, what what is needed. What their what the expectation of the parent is is being done on your on the parents' part, and and also that you're you know inspecting what the teachers are doing. You know. Checking after the what you're expecting the teachers to do for your child. So awesome! That's a good that's a good segue because that was going to be my next question. What can we do as parents to be better engaged? Let me tell you what I do. Maybe this will help some people. As soon as they have an open house, I'm there. Yes. Any kind of parent teacher conversation, I'm there. Yes. I see you, Lakeisha. We got you. We we lost you for a second. We got you back. Thank you. Um, and when I look at you, you look like just like your sister. You because ladies are beautiful. Um, so one thing that I do is I show up and I, you know, and I ask the teachers, uh, you know, I shake their hand. I just want to understand what they're going to be teaching my son, blah, blah, blah. And immediately I say to them, it's your classroom and I, I'm here to support you. So whatever it is that you need from me, please. And I give them my email, my phone number. I tell them it's better to text me and email me because I may be in this position that I can't take a call. But I can see that you called or you text me. I can hit you back. Tell me. I said, my son is charming. He'll try to get out of some stuff. Please don't wait until it's time for grades to hit the book and he's not where he needs to be. The, so that's what I tell the mm -hmm. teachers and stuff like that. And I, I will say this. I am seeing improvements, at least at my son's school, of more parents being involved. Mm -hmm. And it's not just grandmas. It's grandma. It's the daughter. It's the dad. It's yes. an uncle. It's a community. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a field trip. Like the whole family comes together mm -hmm. for the open house to hear what the teacher is saying. And they're all becoming more invested yes. right in their children. My, my son goes to a uniform school. So I hear them buzzing. Well, we got to hurry up and get the uniform because they, and, and 
and that sets the message to say to the student, we want to be in compliance yes. with what's going on, and we want you to have a successful school year. Right. Right? That's, right. A, that's the thing. Let me ask Anne because Anne's virtual. Anne. Because you're virtual, do you have that same kind of kind of or type of conversation with your parents? You need them to lean in and be engaged with your students virtually as well, correct? Absolutely. In order to be a part of our school, the parents have to sign an agreement to provide a learning mm. coach. And when Val took upon herself to create this career of hers and become a learning coach for several GACA students, uh -huh. she took different students from different families, put them all in one location, and work with them as a learning coach. I've seen a couple of businesses take off the internet now, and that is super, super cool. There was a place we used to call uh, Gaga South, because it's out in Clayton County. A lady's running it, she has a whole, whole program, maybe 20 kids, and yeah. she's, they're all involved in my school, but she's the supervisor there and making sure they're getting their work done. Mm -hmm. So the collaboration and the, the working together with the community, with the parents, and because we have to talk to the kids once a month, that's required to generally talk to them more, mm -hmm. but their parents are there some of those times, mm -hmm. and they get more involved. I, I can say, my special class, uh, brick and mortar, mm -hmm. I can say there were some years I, I didn't see a parent at all. Wow. And here, I actually see them, yeah. I talk to them on Zoom, we meet in my, my room together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that it really, really brings the family together. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a couple of things, right? Because my son, the very first president he knows of was Obama, right? Mm -hmm. So to see a black man in office kinda kinda does something for our children, mm -hmm. right? They're like, man, you know, and he had a beautiful wife and not only did he get one term, he had two terms, mm -hmm. eight years, and then they saw this guy named Trump. And they're like, Oh my god. And then it was killings and shootings and, and they're on social media and they're seeing people in McDonald's get called out of their name and food thrown at them and stuff thrown at them at Starbucks and just this whole tension of, of race between people, right? Between white and black and other ethnicities and then men and women. It's just this, they're, they're seeing it. They're that, what is going on? And I think that parents... We realize that we cannot take anything for granted, right? If you have a conference mm -hmm. call, the numbers are up through the roof. Like you look and you see how many people are, like people are leaning in because we want to make sure our children are empowered to deal with this world, just to right. be able to succeed in this world because it has been visible in these last four years that everything is not in favor for us, right? right? And it, even in a pandemic, right? Everything is not in favor for us. So I think our children are starting to really understand, like, I better get this or wh whatever they're trying to teach me, I better figure this out because mom and dad's not going to be here forever. And I got to get this together. So, Lakeisha, are you, see, are you sensing that, too? And I know for Clayton County, there were some years back, unfortunately, lost the accreditation, got the accreditation back. And ever since then, that county has been on fire, on fire. So are you seeing parents? And I'm seeing some beautiful homes being built in Clayton County, too, some nice townhomes and things, affordable, nice housing going on in Clayton County. So are you seeing your parents leaning into Lakeisha every year? Our parents are leaning in. Yeah. I think the pandemic was that wake up call. Yes. Today. Mm -hmm. I need to know. Because mm -hmm. they didn't have the school to rely on yeah. as a buffer. That's what it Our was. Our students had access to the internet, so there was no filter for them in regards to national issues, things that they ordinarily would not have seen during the school day because they would have been at school. They were now at home at the mercy of the television and mm -hmm. the remote, mm -hmm. and they could click, and now they had technology in their hands. They right. had laptops, right? right? So now they're Googling and surfing. And so this generation of students, they're discovery learners. Mm -hmm. They're learning through discovery. They yeah. think about it. They heard a word. They Google it, right? Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> Every seven hours, every seven hours, they say that Google is updating. Wow. Just imagine the access to information that they have, both good and bad, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That they have access to that they normally would not have had. That's true. Because they would have been in school. Mm -hmm. So we had to educate 
parents on how to appropriately allow their students to use the laptops. Right. We had to talk about digital citizenship. Mm-hmm. We had to talk about cyberbullying. Yeah. Internet and social media. Social media went through the roof for our kids. Mm-hmm. We, we found that kids were texting and sending messages and all kinds of things just at home because they had, again, that unsupervised. Yes, yes. My parents are at home. A large percentage of my parents are hourly workers. If they don't go to work, they don't get paid. paid. That's right. Little Johnny is at home with grandma, you know, and mm-hmm. grandma's 86. Yep. She's, she's, she's cognizant, but she's still 86. She's 86. She nothing about Instagram. She doesn't. Right. No. And she doesn't understand about messaging and DMs. Right. And so we had to begin to have those really courageous conversations with our parents. Mm. And the accountability had to shift yes. from the school as the primary to our parents being the primary and us being the support. Mm-hmm. And so we had kids that would be in class, logged in via Zoom, but in a Google Doc, talking about something completely else. Right, right. So we had to find ways to manage that. And so we began to block certain sites. Yes. The truth is we need access to those sites and that information because it's a part of the learning process. Mm-hmm. But we have to teach our teach our students and our parents how to appropriately use the resources that we have. Mm-hmm. That's why I say resources aren't always the issue. It's our use of them yes. that mm-hmm. really determines the success of the students in the learning communities. Right. So, yeah, we definitely have seen that, but our parents are there. They like the fact that we have access. They have access to us. Yes. My parents like that they have an option of whether to log into a PTA meeting virtually because they're in traffic in Atlanta coming home mm-hmm. or they can actually physically show up and get the same right, information. Right, right. They like the fact that they can scan a QR code and now download that information yes. to refer back to later yeah. versus having to be there in front in center yes. to mm-hmm. get that information. Mm-hmm. So. I think mm-hmm. we're just adjusting it. And my district is looking at being future forward, yes. future ready. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? We learned a lot. We learned a lot during the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And so to abandon that information would be for not. We need to ex- continue to utilize that. So I still meet with my staff via Zoom, right? Yeah. Because COVID is still real. Yes, it is. I'm still, I can, if I ran a school two and a half years from the kitchen, Right? Yeah. And I can have a staff meeting via Zoom, even though we're back face to face, yeah. so that my my teachers can get home to their students. That's right. And they can end their day. So we're making allowances as we go based on the information that we've acquired over the last two and a half years. And that's the important part that we are still using our data to drive our instruction and our interaction with our community and parents. Lakeisha, as soon as you become principal, I'm bringing you back on the show, okay? All right. (laughs) As soon, as soon as you become principal, I'm just going to give you the whole show. I want you to, yeah, you just on point. Yes, thank you so much. Everybody is on point today. Kevin, I want to ask you, because you you teach high school. Uh, High school and middle school. High school and middle school. Do you feel that kids uh, are still interested in going to college? These they, days? They, they are very much interested okay. in going to college. You, okay. still, you still hear that from the overwhelming majority of kids. Really? Okay, good. But what we, what we the preparation piece uh-huh. is, is the part. It's okay. kind of like uh, kids, you know, when, when I was coaching, they'd say they want to go and play at these major universities. Yes. But the preparation, what is it really going to take? What is mm-hmm. it really going to take uh, just for you to get, to get through high school to get the kind of um, – the scores that you're going to want mm-hmm. on the uh, on the test, mm-hmm. on the SAT, ACT, which is still required in a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then what it's going to take to the, to develop the kind of study habits that it's going to take for you to be yes. successful at yes. those schools. Yes. So that's it. For you know, we always say that for a child to go doesn't mean anything until they graduate, it's and right. that's what we're trying to get to, trying get, to, get to that there. point. But the interest is still there, very much so. Very much so. Very much so. I yeah. think that I think the coursework is different. Right. The majors are different. Right. They're not teaching the same. Like nobody wants to be a project manager. I'm a project manager. Nobody's trying to really go to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to do something still in the communication space. Maybe there's a little political political science. There's some CSI work like forensics. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you whatever looks hot and, you right. know, is going on now. That's what it's like. 
you know what I'm saying? Technology space, uh, you know, drones, flying, flying, that yeah. stuff, doing, you know. So I guess that these colleges, I don't know what their curriculum looks like, but I'm going to start checking now to see what it is, what the offerings are. Because of the traditional classes and things are not going to be of interest for our kids. That's what sure. I'm saying. Because mm-hmm. it, it's a different time. It's got to be more technology-based. What I would like to see is entrepreneur classes. Yeah. Yeah. Because Absolutely. my son has already said, he sees me sweating, wiping the sweat from my brow, from working these meetings all day. And he says, Mommy, I don't want to work in corporate America. He's already said that. So I'm like, I understand that. I respect that. So we have to figure out what is it? How do we get you where you want to be? And maybe you work for corporate and maybe it's not as long as some of us have done. Maybe it's just a little bit enough to understand the style, the techniques, what's important. Because corporate America is designed to succeed, not to fail. Right. Right. So they put frameworks in place Mm -hmm. to help them generate money. And if you're not going to help them make money, they're going to remove you and bring somebody else in that space. But understand how to manage people or how to be managed and how to communicate. It's some of the fundamental things, as we've heard from the ladies, Mm -hmm. that was missing. Mm -hmm. You know, they were I got in corporate America, but some people are not getting it. So so I think it's some of those things are needed. Now, what do you say? You think that kids are still interested in wanting to go to college? I think there are some children that are still interested in going to college. Mm-hmm. However, my son said the same Marco, thing to me. Marco, yes. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> yeah, that what he said to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be running around here like <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. And so I said, well, we need to go ahead and get a plan together yes, of what it is yes, that you're going to yes, do. Yes, I said, we're going to. But he's, you know, he's had the experience of me, of, of seeing me yes. in my in my role as an entrepreneur right. and, and running to, to different households to tutor and work with awesome. children and being the learning coach and, and, may, and seeing how I've had to sit down and do my budget and, and, and bringing money in and working with my bank accounts and things of that nature. And then not to mention when we owned the store, yeah. we had, the, we had yes. the shop. Yes, he I was, remember he that. Was a, that was, he was an integral part in that and learning how to work a, a cash register. So he's already like, I can do all this thing. You think I need to go to college for it? So I'm, I know he's not the only child yeah, that's thinking, that's like, thinking that. like that. Yeah. So um, he was blessed enough to um, be accepted at Global Impact Academy in Fulton County this year for high school, which is a STEM-based high school. And one of their goals is to make sure that the children, um, before they graduate, that they have received certifications. So if they want to go to college, they still have those certifications going into college. But if they don't want to go to college, we're we're working on, well, where can we place you with these certifications coming out of high school? So... um, um, that is such a blessing. It is a Not blessing only to me, but I, when we went to open house, I saw a lot of other people yeah, that were yeah. on the same I, yeah, path. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, there are children that are still interested in going to college. I just walked with a girlfriend of mine through getting her child moved into the dorms Friday. Yeah. yeah. So there are children that are still yeah. interested in those traditional paths, but you got a lot of those kids that are the techies, yeah. the ones that have that entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. spirit that they're just they they just want to. What, what can I, what, do I have to go there? You have to go there. Yeah. Do you have, and, and as a parent, I'm going to be transparent because I banged on the doors for global, global impact. Please let my kid in, please. And it was, uh, you, I, you had to get him in at the ninth grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I missed, I, I, I couldn't get my kid in. So I was sad. Try to get him in Westlake. Had took the test. He can, didn't pass. So all of these schools, at least in South Fulton, because mm-hmm. I live in I live in the neighborhood. Okay, at least in South Fulton, there's not enough schools or the curriculum that's attractive. That's mm-hmm. teaching our kids technology, mm-hmm. computer science classes, mm-hmm. even financial management. Yes. Help me, yes. right? Because yes. everybody want to get the bag, secure the bag, get the money, but don't know what to do with the money. Mm-hmm. We are trying. Everybody that's on this call right now in the, in, the, in this discussion, we have broken generational curses. Yes. Period. End of story. That the fact we are doing things differently than our parents had ever imagined yeah. to do, mm-hmm. right? So we are have empowered our children to excel and do greater things than we've done. And we want them to be able to secure and have that financial literacy that goes with it. These schools in which we pay taxes and we buy these houses and live in these neighborhoods, the houses are not bad. They're pretty good. They're nice. Nice neighborhoods. The school curriculum does not meet where our kids need to be. 
And so then we are charter schools and right. all these specialized right. schools right. trying to get our kid in, and we can't. Mm-hmm. And we have to move to right. get zoned for that. Nobody, nobody's doing that. Right. Nobody's got time right. for that, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because we're not going to live in an apartment or forfeit or we got mortgages. We got to figure it out. So I, I am. If anybody wants to have a committee on how we can change, please sign me up as a parent that's mm-hmm. going to say something about it because. We have got to change, and it should be in every school, sure. not just in Global or right. Westlake, because Cam Newton went there, and everybody wanted to go there, and it's a big uh, athletic vibe over there. Right. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The campus mm-hmm. is gorgeous. And when you walk over there and feel like you're going to Chick-fil-A, they say, hi, welcome to Westlake. That'd right. be the students meeting yeah. right. you. Yeah. It's beautiful yeah. over there. And they're yeah. black and brown children. Mm-hmm. So our, our children are designed. They just need to see more of the models mm-hmm. that it exists because your whole demeanor changes when mm-hmm. you walk in a building that's set up for excellence. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. So if, if I, that's why I tip my hat to Lakeisha because yes. I can see it on her. Mm-hmm. This is the first absolutely. time I'm meeting her, but I can see it on her. If I go to her school, I know what it is. There's a level yes. of excellence. Yes. That, that tells our children there's nothing that you can't do. Mm-hmm. Sprinkle with a little faith. We always have a little faith in our back pocket, yes. right? Because we know without God, we wouldn't be here, yes. right? So we sprinkle that on them as well. So if there's anything, I really want us to really adjust curriculums, financial wealth and management. We are in the uh, Bitcoin age and this cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and all this other stuff that our kids know about and is chasing, but when they get it, what are they going to do with it? Right. We have to teach them how to make strategic investments mm-hmm. so that it's generational money that's going on, that we break the cycle, that I had it and I messed it up right. and then my son has to start all yes. over again. Right. The other cultures teach their children to build it and keep it on for generations to, to come. come. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. Yeah. And, and, and I can just... Yes, come on in. Yes. Um, understand that you asked how we start that. Yes. It, start, it starts with the parents. Mm-hmm. We have to have a mindset shift. Yes. And so when we think about our students, the students that are sitting in our schools right now, many of them will work in industries that haven't even been created yet. Mm-hmm. But we have to change our conversation with our students. Right. My parents are going to have to be transparent. Johnny, you said you wanted to be a doctor, but you don't like science. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that, okay? You don't like math, but you want to be an engineer. Let's talk about that because I don't think we're having those convers- those real right. transparent yeah. conversations. Yeah. With our students, our parents are still saying, I want you to grow up and be a lawyer, a doctor, mm-hmm. a nurse, because those are what we believe were those high, high income That's right. yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. that we all aspire to. Oh, how the parents right. out their chest and says, my daughter is a lawyer, right? Right. But how many people stick out their chest and say, my daughter is a social media influencer? Right. Because guess what? There's some social media influencers. Making a lot of money. Millions. Yes. Making a lot of money. Making a lot of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. on their own work schedule, yes. right? Dropping content at their need, right? Yes. Right, and they're making more money than our corporate America executives. Say it, yeah. So we have to switch mm-hmm. our mindset. Yes, we change the conversation. Yes, because again, the jobs they're going to work in, we've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if I had to ask you ten years ago, who would be a social media executive? First of all, you said what social media? Right. 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 So you think about Facebook, Google, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, mm-hmm. all of these things 10, 15 years ago, it didn't even exist. No, mm-hmm. we're, still, we're still stuck with a MySpace mindset. Yes. Yes. Okay? <laughs> and so until the parents and the community that surround these students change their mindset yes. and think beyond today, what do you what problem do you want to solve? Mm. I'm not asking my students anymore, what do you want to do when you grow up? What problem do you want to solve? Good question. Yeah, is right How there. prepared? I want y'all to think back to Y2K. What do you remember about Y2K? <laughs> yeah, we was all trying to prepare for it and nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Generator. Took my money out the bank. <laughs> so why is it on March 13th we were so unprepared? Right. 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 Because we abandon things 
when they don't happen the way we think, well, we go, oh, that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. The truth of the matter is we should have been preparing ourselves All this for that time. pandemic a long time a long ago. A long time ago. Mm-hmm. Because it was coming and our preparation was there, but we just ignored it. We can't allow our children to ignore their preparation. Yes. Right? And so we've got to prepare them by thinking what? Future forward. Yes. Right? So what is it that a child in the future will have to be able to do in order to be successful? First, they got to think critically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second, they got to learn how to collaborate. They got to learn how to mm-hmm. have a conversation. So communication is going to be essential. Right. And guess what? Most of our gifted learners, and these are the kids that are high functioning, right? Mm-hmm. Our gifted learners, you know where they fell short? Creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many of them can't think beyond the black and white. That's, That's right. all they see is black and white. Right. The gray area is the creativity. Yes. But they miss that. Because no one is engaging the mind beyond what is reality. Because mm. reality is relative. It's what you make it and what you believe mm-hmm. it to be. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. you think about that, we've got to change the conversations that start where? At home. Yes. What do you, what problem do you want to solve? And when you start thinking about the problem you want to solve, then you create the position to be in it to solve. Mm. Right? So that's, I believe, where it starts. And parents have to understand their voice has power. Sitting at home, wishing it would change is not going to make the difference. Mm-hmm. You want to see a different curriculum in your school? Get involved. Yes. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Come to the round table with the principal. Yes. Come mm-hmm. to the superintendent yep. round tables. Mm-hmm. Talk yep. about what you think your child should need. And if you advocate for yours, guess what? And you get it, everybody, has everybody it. gets it. Yep. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets it. Every parent in every school in every district is doing the same thing than we all We're going to get it. Yeah. 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 I got to get, I got to stand up to the super superintendent level because I definitely do the round tables with the principal and it's no shade against them they're doing their best but I just want to see more of even what they're teaching in my son's charter school in the public school setting everybody should be able to get the same exposure of education shouldn't have to run to a charter a specialized school to get it for what we pay in taxes and what we do in our communities it should be there Mm -hmm. because it's up in Gwinnett it's up in Alpharetta it's up in these other places that is not majority black and brown people so we need we know better so we're going to fight to get better, mm-hmm. right? That's it. That's it. I, I'm gonna end on that note. Woo! That was good, <laughs> man. I enjoyed this conversation today. Thank you. I want to thank all my guests today. Thank you, Lakeisha and Valeria and Kevin. Thank you so much for your contributions, your dedications as educators. Um, teaching our children, not just here in Atlanta, but abroad, right? I, I appreciate you guys for all that you do. But that's my time. But this is what we say when we always close. We say, may you live to be 100 and I live to be 100 minus a day so that I never know that beautiful people like you have passed away. That's my time. Until next time, be well, take care, and continue to rock on. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Be sure to like it, leave your comments, and share it with a friend. If you have a product or service you'd like to have promoted during the show, please contact us at info at realchicksrock.com and we'll send you the details. We're reaching the masses and we would love for you to join us on the ride. Until next time, take care and continue to rock on.